generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Very quickly, the book of Mark chapter 4. The word says from verse 13, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Please understand this. He's saying, do you not understand this parable? He's saying that this parable is the substratum, is the foundational thoughts of God concerning every other parable. That every other parable is trying to drive the point of this parable. That's what it's saying. Do you not understand this parable? It's like saying, don't you understand A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? How will you be able to spell? Do you get that? This is verse 13, Mark 4 from verse 13. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all, like, you know, two times table, two times one, two times six, two times ten. If you don't understand, then how you understand the y, the x? Quadratic equations, how you understand, that's what it's saying here. He says, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes how? When? He's talking about this particular category. Satan comes immediately. Look at somebody say, the devil is interested in your treasures. Comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, the second category, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Preach, pastor. <laughs> That's my pastor. <laughs> my pastor is hotter than yours. In fact, I don't have a microwave oven because my pastor's messages keep my food hot. Okay. So like, like this, they, re they respond with gladness. But guess what? Verse 17, they have no root in themselves. Because it's possible to be rooted in a congregation but not be rooted in yourself. And so when the congregation does not look like what you thought it would look like, or the congregation grows into another dimension and scale and size or direction, all of a sudden, you feel, oh, the anointing is no longer there. No, the anointing is there, but maybe your roots are not as deep as they should have been by this time. Oh, come on, somebody. They have no roots. That's the Bible. In themselves. So corporate excitement without personal empowerment will lead to stunted growth. Because you're leveraging the atmospheric anointing. We're not cultivating the personal communion. <laughs> they have no roots in themselves. And so what do they do? They endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake. Let me tell you what. Persecution and tribulation in your life is not coming to destroy you. It's coming for the word you claim to believe. The enemy doesn't really care, in a manner of speaking, about you. He attacks you because you're important in the scheme of God's agenda. And everything evil hates everything good. 
The devil is going to attack anything. This is the point. If you ever choose not to walk for the devil, the devil will walk against you. So once you said, I'm a believer, I'm a believer in Christ. I love the Lord. You know, how many of you have faced attacks before you're wondering, what have I done? What is my sin? Your sin is your identity. That's why when the Antichrist comes, they want you to renounce Christ, right? Persecution is not about, let you know, uh, say I'm not a fine girl. No, just say I'm not a Christian. In other words, change your identity. That means the attack is not against your possession, it's against your identity. The enemy will give you all the possessions in the world for you to compromise your identity. I was thinking about it yesterday. I said it's so sad and painful that there are certain women who lost their virginity because they wanted to own a Blackberry phone. They got the torch, but they also had a torch on their destiny. Blackberry curve curved them away. The question now is what Blackberry offer is robbing you of your virginity? Not necessarily virginity. I'm talking about dignity. I'm talking about identity. I'm talking about purity of heart and essence. The devil always make you an offer in the moment. Never trade timeless treasure for time-bound gratification. He said that these guys, they have no roots in themselves. And so when persecution comes, when issues come, when there's something in the family, something on the job, something at work, something financially, something in the government. Ah! Ah! I'm not doing it again. The problem is not the roots in the congregation. The problem is the roots in yourself. Do you know why? Because all of us are in the classroom together in the university. But exam time, do we not write it individually? So somebody feels and says, this school is not good. But in that same school, somebody had the first class. Oh, come on, somebody. Lectures are corporately delivered. Exams are individually written. Oh my goodness. And some of you, the exam you're writing right now is sexual purity 305. Some of you, you're writing money management 777 is the number. Oluwash. <laughs> so you're writing money management 419. <laughs> you're writing an exam, everybody's been tested. Some tests are simpler than others, other tests are, hey, Jesus, I'm sweating blood. Jesus sweated blood. His sweat was like the, what they call the, the drops of blood. So he sweated. For Paul says that you've not yet resisted to blood. In other words, the resistance against, the pressure against you has not caused to start bleeding. Look at somebody say, do you have roots in yourself? It says, after that, when tribulation, when tribulation or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately the stumble. Boom. 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 Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And these guys, they hear the word. By the way, there's nothing wrong with responding to the word, being excited. But make sure that your response is not superficial. 
that's coming from a, a, a place of depth and conviction where the seed is seated in the soil of your soul and it's the, the roots there. Don't shout the revelation away. <laughs> See, I, I've done my quota in the kingdom. <laughs> quota system. Very soon, I look like quota in the kingdom. Now, these are the ones, son among sons. They hear the word. Verse 19, what happens? The cares. Come on, people. How many of you know there are cares in this world? Give me some, some of the cares. Bills. Pardon? Heartbreak. How many know you have, have a heartbreak? It could mess up the whole year. You're praying, you're seeing the fracture of the heart. They're worshiping, <laughs> they're crying. People feel it's anointing. It's not the anointing, it's pain. <laughs> but when you are anointed, go. It's very contrite in the presence of Christ. Heartbroken. Proposed the ring, camera, paparazzi. The lady was like, What is that rubbish? Pume. That's what your mates are buying. You better go and make a lot of the rings. Maybe we'll give you one. Yeah. <laughs> and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Look at somebody say, that's me. Those who hear the word. Now, hearing the word... The guys who are the cares of the world, did they hear the word or not? In fact, did everybody hear the word or not? So hearing the word is entry level. That's admission. But what you do with the word determines what you graduate with. Everybody heard the word. See, God would be unjust and unfair to benchmark your assessment against the word you didn't hear. So you're an engineer and then I'll go and bring a course from sociology. That's why. Yeah, that's good to see. Right? Now, it says they heard the word. What's the next thing this guy did? What's the next thing? They accepted. One of the greatest challenges the believer has is accepting the word. God says you are healed. Your body says you are not. You can see God. You can see your body. You can feel the pain in your body. God says disbelief the pain and believe my promise. Your body is a chemical factory. Hormones pumping here and there. You are the Minister of the agro-allied industry. Only two people got there. There's an agronomical process pumping through your bloodstream. And God said, possess your vessel in sanctification 
Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. The reason some people are praying to get married is not because of societal pressure. It's because of hormonal prayer. King Kamala, you Anybody that's looking too serious, yeah, I suspect. They're just making light and glorify your father with the prayer in your hands. Say, Father, have mercy on my soul. I'm praying for you guys, especially in this generation. Almost everywhere you turn, Something is popping, popping, popping. Like, I'm not talking about online, like physically. Have you ever walked into a mall before and somebody just assaulted you with their disposition that made you almost lose your position? The cares of this world. It says they heard the word. The next thing they accepted. So God says you are holy. Say yes, sir. You're righteous. Yes, sir. I love you. You don't even love me. <laughs> love. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing. But I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> if you love me, why is my life like this? God, come. Look at my life. Does it look like you're involved in this kind of life? Accept it. Somebody say, I accept it. I accept it. The next thing is a bear fruit, which is a process. Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. Now, skip all the way to verse 26. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields. I want to watch this. He's saying that this is the normal process. This is the kingdom process. This is the real process. This is the way it should be. That the kingdom is like one man goes and scattering here does not mean it's being wasteful. It's a, it's a process in agriculture where you sprinkle the seed across the ground. So that it's almost like it was being careless, like I've got too much seed to waste, okay? Right? So he's saying this is the process. The way it's supposed to happen is that you sow the seed and then the man sleeps by night and he rises by day and the seed should sprout. Look at somebody say growth is divinely engineered. Look at somebody say your growth is part of God's plan. It says the seed should just sprout and grow. What's the next line there? The man... What's going on to our, with a, a screen? Help us. The man does not even know. Tell me. What's the next line? The man does not know how. What he does is that he takes in the seed. He accepts it. It begins to bear fruit. In other words, he practically engage, engages the invisible seed. The seed, when it's planted, is it visible or invisible? Invisible, more often than not. And then what happens is, from the invisible realm... It begins to produce in the visible realm. So the believer who bears fruit is the one that takes up the revelation of God that people cannot see and he practically expresses it in the realm that people can see. It's not the one that knows the genetic composition of the seed. This seed has monocotyledon, dicotyledon, procotyledon, what's it called? 
It's not the person who's able to describe the weight, the grammar, the texture, the color, the temperature of the seed. It's the person that is able to convert the core essential of the seed. Now, a lot of believers are seed samplers. And they know the biggest farmers in the field of the kingdom. So know all the pastors, all the preachers, all the prophets. They know all the messages. We are not impressed by you quoting scripture. We're impressed by you bearing fruits with the word. Because you can be a lab technician of seed genetics. And you'll still be hungry because you're bearing no fruit. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Look at somebody say, how is your seed ministry going? Verse 28, for the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Verse 30, then he said, to what shall we like in the kingdom of God? Or what parish shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground, is smaller than the seeds of the earth, than all the seeds of the earth. It is not how impressive the message is that determines how valuable the revelation is. It's not the size of the seed that determines the quality of the produce. When you plant a yam tuber, it's big, right? Yam tuber. If you plant cocoa seeds, are the cocoa seeds smaller than the yam tuber or not? Which one grows taller eventually? Which one lasts longer eventually? So it's not the volume of messages you consume. But the quality of the doctrine and what you do with it. Somebody following this? It's better to leave out one verse of the Bible than to quote five. He says it becomes bigger. He says when it is sown, verse 32, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the earth may nest under the shade. Somebody say amen. amen. So this is the natural process. This is God's process. What then stops us from growing? Because growth is supposed to be organic, it's supposed to be natural. We are not supposed to struggle to grow. We're not supposed to like pray to grow like trees. Don't you don't you don't walk around the tree and then the trees ah, Lord 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 I must grow I must grow I must grow mangoes let's pray I'm a mango tree I refuse to look like an okra tree I grow I grow in Jesus' name. Have you ever heard that? But is it possible for a mango tree not to grow? So there are conditions that block growth. Even though you are wired to grow. You are genetically engineered to grow. You carry the seed of grow, des growth. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. Thereby grow in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? So you can grow. But what are some of those factors? Let's go there real quick. Look at somebody say what's stopping you? Number one factor that hinders growth, I'm going to rush, is deception, deceitfulness, and disobedience. I'm lumping the three together because they work together. Deception, deceitfulness, and disobedience. 
quick reference, Mark chapter 4, 18 to 19, we read it. He says, now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. And the next thing, the deceitfulness of riches. Oh, come on, look in your Bible. Deceitfulness of? Talk to me. Mark chapter 4, 18 to 19. Deceitfulness of riches. riches and the desires for other things entering in, entering where? Their hearts. He says those things can choke the word. And there are different aspects of deception. One of the major things, one of the major deceptions that stop people from growing is the belief that they don't need to grow. I'm fine the way I am. I'm okay the way I am. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I am. But even when Jesus was born, we see Jesus the baby, right? We see Jesus the 12 year old. We see Jesus the man. We see Jesus the teacher. We see Jesus the miracle work. We see Jesus the sacrifice. And there are many believers who are going to die as Jesus, quote unquote, the carpenter. Because they are not growing to become the Lamb of God who was slain from before the foundations of the world. The reference point and benchmark for your growth must never be social pressure. It must be divine revelation. What was written from before the foundations of the earth. Another de uh, deception or deceitfulness is God. If I have more money, I will grow better spiritually. Let me just start making 300,000 a month. God, you will hear, I will pray. I will impress you with unknown tongues. <laughs> God, you think I'm, I'm praying now? Baba God, oh, just bless me. Deception. Now some of us have deception. If I have more money, my life will be better. Right? Some of us have decep deception that uh, let me just get more money so I can become a kingdom financier. Whose kingdom are you financing? <laughs> God's kingdom. You want to finance it? I mean, I understand what people mean by that. Like they are in the ministry of giving or generosity and that's a ministry. Romans tells us that. Right? But many people hide under labels and illusions because it seems convenient or cool. Becoming a kingdom financier is not a goal. <laughs> Assuming that there's something such as a kingdom financier, as I'm using that, you know, some things don't exist, but we use language to try to describe what we mean. So someone who's generous and someone who takes care of projects in the kingdom, that, that's it. You don't need a million dollars for that because God is not weighing the amount. He's weighing your heart. So the person that gives 10,000 naira to that project in heaven's book sometimes has given more than the person that gives 10 million naira. Because the 10,000 naira was half of all he had, 20,000, and the 10 million was a tithe of all she possessed. And so in heaven's skill, this person, quote unquote, financed the kingdom more with the 10,000 naira. Are you understanding that? The deceitfulness of riches. The money can impress God. Or money can, in the beginning, was the was not the bank God didn't say ah 
have a global project. Universal, I want to create a universe. Hmm. Jesus, we're going to need money. What do you think? Let's all share. <laughs> Public offer. <laughs> and close the connector to is disobedience. You know why? Because when other things enter our hearts, what happens? Choke the word. So the voice of God has been on fader control in people's hearts. Your line is distorted. God is saying, I wanted to, hello, 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 God. Not even hello, hello, hello. God, I, I hear you. <laughs> it says that these things choke the word and it makes us unfruitful. When we become disobedient to the word, when we become deceived by our hearts, and one of the major areas in which sometimes, uh, this, and I mentioned last week, deception manifests that we, we become defensive. Because we don't want to believe that what the Holy Spirit is presenting to us or what guardians or tutors or even friends are presenting to us is a reflection of who we are. We cannot stand to see the vanity and the profanity of a certain aspect of our reality. So we paint it and we, we color it. Come on, somebody. We, we delete it from our minds. But God says, bring it to me. You're holding behind your back. God says, you're transparent. I can see through your kidney. God's eyes pierce deeper than the deepest x-ray machine. What's X? What's Ray? X, Ray. Just got that. Look at somebody see, don't be deceived. Number two, disease and lack of death. Depth. So the first thing, those three are together. Deception, deceitfulness, disobedience. Number two, disease and lack of death. No death. Mark chapter 4 verse 17, and they have no roots in themselves. Now, if the environment is diseased, so some of us, we have certain diseases of the mind. Your spirit is whole and perfect, but your mind is diseased. Stinking thinking. You are the head and not the tail. <laughs> Or your family history has corrupted your expectations. And you have no idea that you're carrying baggage around the seed. Whether what's the seed? The seed goes to the heart, to your spirit man. But do you know that for it to grow, the environment of your mind has an impact on it? So certain things that your mother spoke into your space. Your dad spoke into your space. Your uncle spoke into your space. Your teacher spoke into your space. Coconut head. Coconut head. Coconut, coconut, coconut head. Coconut head. So you have an interview. You're, they're already feeling your energy and your vibe and all of that. They already, then all of a sudden, they ask you one question. Pew! They just say, coconut head. They ask you, what are the best 
best practices in accelerating business processes to multiply our bottom line by 300%. Coconut! <laughs> Your mind! Disease is a disease. And so the psalmist says, Heal me, O Lord, I'll be healed. Cleanse me, I'll be cleansed. And we have to be honest and say, God, I'm right with you, but I struggle with thinking about sexuality. God, there's certain perfumes that take me certain places. Can you deodorize my nose? <laughs> Re-engine. <laughs> Lord, I get angry. You know. Low patience. Sorry. No patience. Have you ever seen a person called patience that was impatient? Mercy that was merciless. Grace that was not graceful. Don't touch, don't touch. That's sacred. A perfected that is perfected. Glory to God. And Enoch that walked with God. And was still there till he fulfilled his purpose. So sometimes disease in our minds, mindsets stop us from growing. Africa, the first one million naira, sorry, the first promise of a one million naira contract. The person has bought a car of 2.5 million on a promise. On a promise. They will take, yes, they will take their car back when you cannot pay it off. <laughs> Diseases in our minds. Some of us, we have sleep problems. At the mention of the name of Jesus, the place of prayer, your knee bows and you slip off. Is a problem. You're watching series, you're watching that TV, they're playing that game, you're crushing the candy and all of that. All night long. Doing all of that. The moment you open, buy before you see boo. Disease. Look at somebody say, you need to get serious with this right now. Number three, I got to run for time's sake. Disorder. Growth has a process. Mark 4, 28, 29. For the earth yields crops by itself. First, the what? Blade. Come on, people. What's the next thing? The ear. Or the head. Mark chapter 4, 28 to 29. Mark 4, 28 to 29. We read it earlier. I'm just isolating the points from the text. Then the ear, one says the ear, the other one says the head. After that, what? The full grain in the head. And then when the grain ripens, immediately puts in the sickle because harvest has come. You know, one of the reasons why some of us stop growing is this. Perfect, I'll tell you what. There is a system to growth. What are we looking for? The full grain, right? 
3600 fold, right? That's what we're looking for. But that's not the first stage when you want to grow in any area of your life. The first stage is what? The blade. What is the blade? That first sprout of leaf that comes out of the earth. Job 8.7 says, Despise not the days of little beginnings. And there are many of us who are frustrated that we don't have the full head. And we're saying, how come I still have the ear? And God is saying, the ear is proof that the head is coming. God, I don't have deep revelation. But have you noticed that every day you read your Bible? And when you don't read your Bible, there's a part of it that feels incomplete. That's the ear. Before, you don't want to know. Bible, buy what? Buy. Buy bread. Buy butter bread. He didn't care. Bypass. He didn't care. He didn't. <laughs> Bypass. He didn't, he didn't care. Nothing moved in you. Nothing prodded your heart. There was no discomfort. You slept off and said, I oh got at least I slept off. But now there's a consciousness, an expectation, a longing. You, before you will gossip for 35 minutes. Now you are chatting the word. You're talking about what you read. Even though you read it four days ago, you remember it. Goodness. That's the blade. Can somebody celebrate the blade in the house? Somebody who knows they're not yet there, but there is something in your spirit, man. There is a part of you that is sprouting a feel of preaching anointing. There is a part of you that is still longing and still growing and still yearning and still trying to get there. I want to encourage everybody who's got the blade. That means you're on, on the right track. That means there is progress. That means you're getting there. You don't have the full grain yet. You don't have the head yet. But there is a blade coming out. Yeah. Look at somebody say, I thank God for the blade. Look at somebody say, I thank God for the blade. Growing spiritually. That longing, that desire, something has come out of the ground. Now you, at least you put your Bible under your pillow. Not for protection, but at least to remind you. You set a timer. You miss it sometimes. Don't kill yourself. There's a consciousness that is building. Let me, let me just encourage you guys. Let me encourage you with something. At, after three and a half years, three and a half years, Coaching, mentoring, counseling, praying, interceding, doing all that stuff, pouring his life and so they saw him walk on water. Imagine that. Imagine that. They saw him raise the dead. Imagine that. They saw him do many amazing things. He says to them, guys, I've never called you on a project like this. This is my life or my death. Come and pray with me. It doesn't good to see you. Come and pray with me. He's three toughest, baddest, biggest, boldest, strongest disciples slept on him. If you are sleeping in the presence, God has not given up on you. 
even Peter slept off. Come on, somebody. I'm not trying to talk about mediocrity, but I'm trying to deliver somebody from guilt that this is a divine project. And the fact that you're still sleeping when you pray does not mean God has given up on you. One day you'll be able to pray for six hours because the blade is going to become the head and the head is going to have full grain in the head. Who am I speaking to? Look for people and tell them, celebrate the grace of God. Don't get tired. Don't quit on the journey. Don't lose faith and don't lose hope. The blade is coming out. I see you growing. I see you rising. I see you moving. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me encourage somebody in business who's discouraged, who's overwhelmed. God, I heard the word. God, he gave me a scripture. God, he told me to work in this place. God, I agreed. I prayed. I fasted. I sowed a seed. I confessed the word. What's going on? The blade is where you are. You know why many of us are frustrated? Nobody takes the blade to the market. The blade has no commercial value. Nobody celebrates the blade. Nobody eats the blade. Many of us think we're not growing because there's nothing to show. But when Elijah saw the cloud, or his servant, the cloud, the size of a man's hand, he said, the prayer is over. It's time to celebrate. He said to Ahab, arise and drink. My goodness. Somebody, you're waiting for the whole cloud to be filled with water. But God says, it takes greater faith to celebrate when it's just the size of a man's hand. It takes greater faith to celebrate when it looks like there is nothing much and you're still grateful for the growth that you can see. Can God trust you with the blade in your life? Or are you going to look at the blade and say, after all this pouring of water and tilling the ground, pouring manure, nothing is showing, I'm leaving that field. And that's what happens to many people. So they end up with patches of blades, but no harvest of grain. Because they didn't realize the growth has a process. customer is still calling inquiring they're not buying but they are showing interest that's the blade your boss doesn't celebrate you recognize you reward you but at least he still greets you <laughs> that's the blade let me take one more and I'll do the remaining three before the breakout in the second service disorder somebody say disorder Many of us, our lives are in disorder, so we're not growing. You don't have any schedule, you have no routine. I'm one of the most spontaneous people I know, but even my life has a rhythm. My life has a rhythm. There are blocks of time. Not rigid, not frigid, it's flexible, but there is a, there's got to be a flow. Routine is God's wisdom to help you maximize your life. So look at the sun and the stars and the moon. The moon goes around in orbit every day. Imagine if the moon says, I'm tired of this, this orbit. Let me break out. Imagine that. Oh, Minira. Oh, Maniragon. Oh, Minira means freedom, independence. Let me break out. Oh, Minira. But Nira means something that will be uncomfortable, stressful. So check this out. What's routine? Root in. 
R-O-U-T, knock out the E, put that at the end. The root in, the route in, R-O-U-T-E, space I-N. Routine is your root in to the prepare things. There's a system to your growth. So a disorderly person is growing into himself. It's like an ingrown nail. Have you had that before or seen somebody had that? An ingrown tooth? Is it pretty? Is it nice? Is it comfortable? Some of you are growing astray. Because God says structure your life, structure your finances, structure your relationships, put boundaries here. Do this one over there. Say God. <laughs> Anyhow. AIM, AIM. You are the pastor of AIM, the bishop of AIM. Anyhow, international ministries. But if you are the bishop of AIM, you always miss your AIM. I honestly hope that there's no church like that in this world. It's just disclaimer. That's just a play on words. Anyhow, international. Order. You will not grow in any area where order is missing. Financially, you're not really going to grow if there's no order in your life. What's your God portion? What's the path that goes to God? All I have is God. Even my spending is God. I know. But what's the path that you don't touch that belongs to God? My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. When I buy burger and I eat it, I'm feeding the temple of God. Wow. How great thou. It's a fool who's getting cunning. And people think that they can outsmart and outthink God. God created the brain using to think against him. It would just be looking like this. <laughs> Plotting, planning, scheming, scamming. And number four, and I'll close the service. Dysfunction. Dysfunction. Mark chapter 4, verse 12. So that seen, they may see and not perceive. That's a dysfunction. You're not going to grow if you see, but you're not seeing what you ought to be seen in what you are seeing. You will not grow if you're hearing, but you're not hearing what you ought to be hearing when you're hearing what you think you're hearing. Once has it been spoken? Twice have I heard. Faith cometh by and so you can hear a message through your flesh and you can hear it through your spirit. You can use Bible to advance your personal agenda. You can create affirmations that will lack divine confirmations. I proclaim, Lord, that I'm richer than all the richest men in this world put together. I proclaim that I will do it effortlessly. No labor. For I've been delivered from all labor. I am the cardinal priest of the manipulation. <laughs> and sometimes it just, we, we, so I create those things you know, minds, because I believe in confessions, declarations, very important. But when you do it, let it be inspired by the spirit, not by your ambition or your ego or society or the quest for recognition, all of that. 
He says, seeing that they may see and not perceive and hearing that they may hear and not understand. And it says, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven. Lest there be a change in their lives, in their walk with God, in their dealings with God. Dysfunction means parts of you are not functioning the way they should function. And also means that you're not carrying out the function that God has sent you. Let me just close with this thought. Your next level of growth is not just a revelation. It's in responsibility. Because we've been taught that revelation is the food for growth. And that's truth. The revelation of Christ revealed in his one is wisdom. So it's not just theological revelation, but it's wisdom in business, in marriage, in family, in kingdom. And God has a mind. Physics is a microcosm of divine intelligence. I hope you understand that. Because when you look at the constellations and the stars and the equilibrium of the magnetic forces of the intergalactic elements, it wasn't a dance that just said, boom, stabby. You guys look fine. It's mathematical precision. Atmospheric precision all the chemicals in your body must flow at a certain temperature for you to be healthy when there is a microbe a, 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 a biotic what is it called a bioorganism in your body the engine begins to heat up temperature is a signal something is wrong divine genius and so sometimes one hour of prayer and meditation will give you more revelation than studying 27 volumes of Britannica, Encyclopedia, Atlas, Atlantis, Aquaman. Oh, well, whatever it is. Dysfunction. Responsibility is exercising your senses. Revelation is feeding your spirit. But it's through responsibility that you exercise your senses. And you really can grow without exercise. You gotta grow. You run around. You bomb. You stumble. You fall. And then he picks you. He says, though he falls, you'll not be utterly cast down. And all of a sudden, you're growing. Responsibility. God will tell you, take care of that person. Look after this person. Join that service team. Don't just sit in the congregation. Ask what you can do. Responsibility. And there are people who never grow. Because like, I, 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 I don't... I'm, I'm too shy. Don't be so shy that you shy away from your destiny. There's a thought that bubbled in my spirit yesterday. David, if you can kill Goliath and you are so shy and so modest that you don't tell people you can kill Goliath, that is not modesty. You're robbing your generation of victory. I don't want to be forward though to kill Goliath. You will remain a shepherd boy because for you to move from shepherd boy to national happiness, God will give you a responsibility that is bigger than you and it's the revelation you've been ingesting that you have to utilize now and deploy to release the thing that God has entrusted in your hands. And there's so many believers who can kill Goliath and there are Goliaths almost everywhere. But you are hiding your stone and your sling. I don't want anybody to think I'm too forward. 
please be forward in your purpose be forward in your responsibility be forward in your destiny be forward in your calling be forward in what God has called you to do raise the flag of faith carry the banner of Christ with pride and say who are you uncircumcised for listen let's rise go and give the remaining three four points in the second service then we'll have the breakouts as many as can stay behind can you just speak to the Lord? I will not allow deceitfulness, deception, disobedience stop me. I will not allow disorder stop me. Don't be so free-spirited that you become bound in destiny. Everything God created he protected with boundaries divine boundaries are not limitations they are protective fences <laughs> said the Sun you rule by day moon by night as powerful as the Sun is is not allowed to rule by night even the son of righteousness came to the earth and said night cometh when no man he said, I have boundaries in the earth. Everything in the earth is protected by divine boundaries. And when you operate in those boundaries, you are released in destiny. Even the seed needs to be bound to the soil for it to grow into a tree. Can somebody pray, Lord, thank you for the blade. The head is coming up. Some of you, the head has come out, but it doesn't look full. You're writing that book is not coming together but the full grain is coming you did that whatsapp outreach thing and it didn't look full don't worry the full grain is coming you preach the message nobody has given their life to christ they just say god bless you sister god bless you the full grain is coming keep on pouring water keep on putting money on it stay faithful to the word of god I'm going to wrap this up in one minute. Somebody pray. I will not allow these things get in my way. Forty-five more seconds. Lord, heal every area of dysfunction. You have a great voice and you're busy thinking about singing, about vanity and flesh and all of that. That's a dysfunction. They're using the right gift in the wrong place. It's a mismatch. It's a mismatch. You're getting angry at everything. Anger is energy. Anger is energy seeking direction stop getting angry at yourself at your husband at your boss at your children at your family say lord this is my anger directed to purpose no more dysfunction no more no more diseases no more pain no more diseases that knows my name of God is here let's raise our hands father we release ourselves to you we release ourselves to you God
you have planted your seed in the soils of our hearts we respond with gratitude what an honor what a privilege to know that you're still on speaking terms with us and because your word changes everything we are changing we hear the word we accept the word we accept the word we agree that we are who you say we are regardless of what we see and Lord many times it's so painful and trying when there is pressure and pain and temptation and cares and doubts and uncertainties and reminders from our environment that things have still not taken the form we're hoping they will take but Lord I pray right now a release of the dew of Hermon upon every heart every soul every mind every marriage every business every career every child every daughter every son pour the dew of favor of grace the oil of joy the oil of joy I see that the oil of joy the Lord is topping up vessels with the oil of joy and we just give you praise Lord because you won't give up on us the blade is becoming the head the head is becoming the full grain we give you praise God somebody celebrate Jesus ay, 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 ay. open up your mouth and give him praise hug somebody shake somebody love on somebody tell them you're growing the generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings to join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.